Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. Well, real joy to be with you and um, you know, it's good to be back together again. I can't say I really did enjoy uh, services at home. Helen and I do not have the best voices and it... Uh, uh, she tried to make me sing, and uh, it was a real effort. In the end, <laughs> we, I enjoyed the word, but uh, the singing. And you, you just, if you have a bad voice like us, um, you don't realize uh, how much you appreciate and value being back in corporate worship. <laughs> uh, even, even when it was sort of in the theater, you came back in and you saw oh man, this is so much better. <laughs> so all you who are isolated at home, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> Perhaps you enjoy it. Um, but uh, you know, you realize even connecting with people, how much we are created to be together. And uh, so often, you know, the enemy wants to isolate us. He wants to push us apart. You can't do Christianity in isolation. You've got to really be part of a community, part of a body. And uh, one of the things that the devil will try and do is keep people isolated. But come on, let's be determined to get people connected again because we need one another. Uh, we need our uh, personal family, biological families or whatever, but we need the church of Jesus Christ because that's where God actually helps us. We get encouragement, we get provoked, we get uh, probably annoyed, sometimes we get offended, but that's family, uh, but in the midst of it, that's where we learn to grow and take on the nature of Jesus Christ, amen? And so I pray that in this season, please do your part, please pray, let's get back connected together, and uh, let's see the church of Jesus Christ really prospering in this hour, and I pray for that, amen? And so, um, you know, just uh, this morning, Helen uh, and I went to the airport together. Not very common that we'd go off together. Uh, she's uh, preaching in Tauranga. I think she'll have the busiest day. Uh, so I've just got one service. Last week I preached three times. The week before, three times. Today, one time is good. Uh, <laughs> I think in Auckland, I was just telling Jono, one Sunday, uh, Sam calculated we did 19 services. Uh, just to make sure we were ministering across the board to every need. And so we catered for that. And, uh, you know, there's always a way, I reckon. And uh, sometimes we want to drop to the lowest option. But I think in Jesus' name, let's always aim to do what we can, the best we can, and uh, allow the Holy Spirit to move. Um, I'm going to pray. Uh, but just before I do, I'll just let you know what I'm doing today. Today is a, a, a testimony day for me. Uh, so if you know me, you'll probably hear some stuff you've heard before, unapologetically. Uh, but I know that my grace, my, the gift on my life, actually works through some of the, the areas that God has really worked in hell in my life. And with the theme of go big, I just want to take you on a journey of where God helped to expand us. And uh, so there's some testimony in it, stories in it. Not so much a teach, but in a way an impartation. So I pray that you would really allow the Holy Spirit just to touch you just through the story, through the testimony of God's grace, and just allow something to expand in your heart. Amen? How many are ready for that? How about just standing with me again? Perhaps just lift your heart, open your heart, lift your hands, and uh, let's just let the Holy Spirit come. 
I love the Holy Spirit. I love his presence. Uh, I still don't take him for granted. And uh, we just right now acknowledge you, Holy Spirit. I acknowledge your anointing. I acknowledge your presence. I pray that you'll move in a supernatural way today. Uh, there'll be something that will be expanded in the youngest to the oldest person. Father, in the name of Jesus, that we will see that even in our lives, we can get locked in and locked down. But God wants us to grow up and go big. In Jesus' name, amen. Good, good. Take a seat. Thank you. Good. Uh, so uh, just a, a scripture just to start with that I want to give you is um, Psalm 34 verses 1 to 3. And one of the things that you really learn in your Christian life, uh, the older you become, is how good God is. And so often we have different images of God, but the older I've become, uh, the more I actually embrace how good he is. And he's for us, and he wants to really, in a way, bless us. And it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, sorry, no, I'm reading the wrong scripture. Bless, blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you, or blessed other woman, that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, your holy temple. And I just love the line there, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house. And one of the testimonies you can actually give as a person who's navigated his Christian life for a number of years is God is good. And it doesn't matter what we go through, his ultimate plan for you is that you will be blessed with the goodness of his house. You will be blessed individually. You will be blessed if you're married as a couple. You will be blessed as a family. And I stand back, and one of the testimonies of God's grace is Helen and I have been blessed with the goodness of God's house. And we are thankful for it. God has been with us right through our journey. And we look and we celebrate. We have 12 grandchildren, the oldest of which is 25 years of age and the youngest is 11, but we look at it, uh, 10 of those by their own confession and declaration have all been baptized. And we look at that and we say, God is incredibly good. God is good to those who trust him. God is good to those who actually, in a way, commit to living their life. Not out of perfection, but knowing the goodness of God. Uh, one thing for sure, we're not perfect. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but God takes you on a journey. And when you're able to allow yourself to be free from the condemnation of the enemy and live in the goodness of God, you watch what God will do. Amen? So what I want to do is just share uh, th two significant scriptures just to start off with that came at a very transforming point in my life. Uh, so I started off in ministry uh, in the uh, early um, 80s, or it was actually 1978, to give you an exact date, so a lot of you weren't born. So that's when I started out, planted a church in Wanganui, and then we did a stint in Lower Hutt, and then arrived in Auckland. In Auckland, when we took over the church, there were 36 people in it. It existed for the apostolic movement. And just to give you an example of those 36 people, six of them were retired pastors. <laughs> so that's what it looked like uh, with their wives. And so uh, our children were the only children when we arrived in the church. That's what it, now, God blessed it and it grew. 
And I want to fast forward from that point up to 1995, the church had grown to around about four to 500 people. And we were blessed. Helen and I had just gone on a sabbatical. We'd come back. And one of the things that I have really maintained right through my Christian journey is the discipline of having a daily devotion. And I don't do it because I'm a preacher. I've done it right through my life. And so has Helen. Every morning you will find her, even when she had four preschoolers, she was never too busy to actually uh, take time for her devotion with God. And, uh, and, and it's been a strength right throughout our Christian journey because we realize the importance, not out of legalism, that our relationship with Christ is only as strong as what we're determined to put into it. And so that was our discipline. So I was having my daily devotion. In my daily devotion, I always have read Psalms because I find Psalms gives expression to sometimes how I feel. Amen? As if you mightn't think I'm a feeling person, but I do have feelings. Um, and so I, it gives expression. You know, you can have a bad day, you can have a good day. Uh, just as I did. And, and Psalms just gives expression. It gives words to where you're at. And so I was reading Psalms, and I also read another portion of the Bible, and I like to write down what I really think that God's saying to me. That's how I read I don't read it to be informed. I read it to be impacted. I want it to shift something in my life. And so that's why I look through the Bible, and I can go through the Bible, and I can actually give you a skim of the Bible right through without any notes simply because God's put the word into my life. I've got certain places where God has spoken to me and the word has become life. It's living and it's uh, changed my life. And this is what happened. So I was reading 1 Kings at the time. Going through, I came up to 1 Kings chapter 4 and I was reading it through. It was my daily devotion. And as I came to verse 29, it just said this. And the Lord gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand of the seashore. And in it, I knew that one of the things to survive, we need wisdom. Wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom is applied knowledge. It's, uh, you can have information, but that's not wisdom. Wisdom is not even just old age experience. Wisdom is when you have applied something to your life and God out of that wisdom gives you understanding. And when you are able to, so if an example, Helen and I this year would have been married 52 years, we can actually talk on marriage, just to let you know. Uh, some, some people who have never been married tell you how they think marriage should be. No, no, come to someone who's got a little bit of wisdom and understanding because they've actually worked the process and walked the life. Amen? So that's what it looks like. Even bringing up kids, you can have idealism of what parenting is about until you get a child. Amen? And then it all changes, uh, but you need to, you're out of that, you exercise wisdom at the right given period of time, and God gives you understanding. Understanding. So you've got it. So what we need is wisdom, exceedingly great understanding. I, I knew that. And then it's the, that part I, I sort of knew that, that was Solomon's lot. But then it said, and largeness of heart like the sand of the seashore. I read it. And this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. My, he said, your heart, Bruce, is too small for what I want to do. Your capacity is not big enough. And I, I was shocked because I thought I had good capacity. 
but the Holy Spirit saw something different. And when he said it, in a way, the Holy Spirit helped me to get an image that my heart was sort of a little withered, was not large enough, it wasn't big enough. And so I took it on, and at the same time, and so it's a testimony, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he just said, I want you to start praying the scripture every day. So I did. It became my discipline. Even right up, this was in 1995. So from 1995 right up to where I am now, I can't say I do it every day now, but many times I'll use this scripture. God, I need wisdom. I want exceedingly great understanding. God, give me largeness of heart like the sand of the seashore so I can embrace what you've called me to do. It's my prayer. I pray it. And, and God put something in place that day. But this set the scene for the next scripture. So I was reading at the time Psalm 78. And Psalm 78, if you know anything about Psalm 78, it's about the journey of the children of Israel and their stubbornness to obey God and do what God had called them to do. Uh, so Psalm, I'm not going right through it. I'm just taking you to where God landed that day for me. And where he landed was Psalm 78, verse 41. Uh, so I was going through the theme, reading through it. It's a good psalm, but it just gives you uh, a quick, I suppose, his history of the, the nature of the children of Israel and where they missed it and where God wanted them to be. Psalm 7, uh, verse 41, it says, just these words, yes, and again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. I read it, and the word just popped out, limited. They limited the Holy One of Israel. That's the word that really spoke. Now, I want you to take hold of what happened. At that period of time, taking 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 29, God gave Solomon wisdom, exceedingly great understanding, and largeness of heart like the sand of the seashore. And then reading the scripture, I, I went into what I call a Holy Spirit moment. It was quite a powerful divine encounter. I found in the encounter I had died. I was in heaven or in the presence of God. I was standing in the presence of God and confronted with Jesus in front of me. I looked. He was more than I had ever, ever imagined. I was standing in his presence, the power of his love, his goodness, his just Jesus. And he looked at me. And when he looked at me, he started to speak. He said these words. He said, Bruce, I've never, ever doubted your love for me. And I can say I have believed in Jesus right through my life. Even when I hadn't been born again, I always believed in Jesus. But then he said these words. He said, while you were on earth, you limited me. I wanted to do more through your life than you gave me permission to do. And that was the end of it. I found I, I, I came out of the encounter I lay on the floor and that, I, I, I was messed. Now you've got to take it, the scripture 1 Kings chapter 4 verse 29 and this encounter, God was really dealing with me and I positioned myself. Now my background is I come from a little town north of 
Wellington called Otaki. That's where I grew up. That's where we had our children. Helen and I started farming in a place south of Otaki that is smaller than that. It's called Tihoro. I, I am a country boy. So out of it, I stood and I said, God, what do you want me to do? Where am I small? What do you want to change? And the Holy Spirit just spoke so clearly. I want you to pray and believe that through what I do through your life, you can plant 10 churches in 10 major cities of the world. And I said, I, I think you've got the wrong man. Don't you know, New Zealand is at the ends of the earth. And I come from probably the smallest of the ends of the earth. And education-wise, I'm not qualified like many people. And so therefore, I, I think, you're, no, no, it's not about your qualification. It's about your heart. If you can say yes to me and you can trust me, I will take you on a journey and you watch what I will do. And so not only did he speak about 10 churches and 10 major cities of the world, but he said, I want you to believe to see 10 churches or 10 locations in the Auckland area. The way COVID has served the Auckland church is we have spread out. And right now, we've never reached 10, but we're three off it. And that's come through COVID being our servant rather than our master. Amen? We've decided that COVID will never be our master. It's going to be our servant, and we're going to make. The devil's going to be so annoyed that he brought COVID to Auckland because we're going to take advantage of it, and it's going to serve us rather than master us. Amen? And I pray you have that attitude. COVID is going to, uh, the devil is going to be so annoyed because we're saying, COVID, you will serve. Amen? And so that's our side shoot. And so in the end, out of it, we, we went on this journey and I started to pray, God, help me to lead the Auckland church so it grows. And, and we started to see salvation in a way that we'd never seen. We adjusted the church, changed the culture of the church. And then for people who know uh, our journey or don't know, in the year 2000, God spoke to us and said, I want you to hand the church over to your son. His name was Sam. And uh, at the stage, he was 26 years of age. And I want you to go to London and plant a church. And um, I thought, ooh, now that's a big thing. Uh, I thought, 26? I'd always seen Sam taking over the church, but God came far too quick. <laughs> I didn't think he was ready. But then, at the age of 22, my father empowered me with my own dairy farm. And this is, the Holy Spirit really knows how to corner you. He said, what did your father do for you? <laughs> and so, out of it, the story is, we went to London, and now I think, I think I've got it right. We have churches now in 16 main locations around the world. And God's gone way beyond the 10. And the miracle of equippers is not 
so much that we're in 16 different locations around the world and what God has done in New Zealand. The miracle is, and this is a miracle, is every location bar one is led by a national from that country. And it is a miracle. I just want you to know it's a miracle. That doesn't normally happen. Normally people are sent from a location that go there. But in Italy, the churches are run by Italians. In uh, Britain, they're very English. And, and they are in Germany, yes, sir. <laughs> Every location in Manila, run by Philippines. In India, run by India. The only place in the world where a Kiwi leads it is in Mexico, and they've lived there for 29 or 30 years, so they're probably more Mexican than they are New Zealand now, but in every nation. And it is a testimony of God's grace. It's a testimony of God's power. It's a testimony of the goodness of God, of what God can do. And so today, when we're starting to talk about going big, I had to testify because for me, the bigness of God has to do with your ability to embrace what God has next for your life and not to be constrained by your own logic, your own mentality, but to allow God to put in your heart a step of faith that will take you from where you currently are to where God wants you to be. And I'm speaking to everybody, young people in this room, don't live a boring life. Don't live a contained life. Live a life that is adventurous. Live a life that puts you on the edge because as you do, you will find the creativity of God's power and God's blessing in your life so that you can embrace so many different things that you never ever thought you could embrace. Amen? Come on, I believe right now God wants us to go big. COVID was something that came upon the earth. God's not surprised by it. I believe make it your servant. Don't make it your master. Allow God to break you into something new in Jesus' name and let God serve and position you. I, I think this is the greatest hour for the church in New Zealand. Amen? This is the greatest hour. We need good churches. We need multiplication in this nation. We need Christians to rise up and live their life as though that they're right on the edge of something great. We need a move of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Like we've never seen before. I said to John Owen, the car, and I believe it prophetically, I'll talk about this in a wee bit in a moment, but I believe one of the mandates God is throwing at Equippers Christchurch. It's a mandate. Are you going to pick it up? It's a mantle is healing. I believe God wants to release healing through this church. It's a mandate. I believe that God is anointing people. God is anointing that, that healing will come out, uh, and I'm using the term, out of a prayer battery where a group of people will get together and they will start to pray and persevere and push through on behalf of people. Right now I'm praying for a guy in the Auckland church who's terminally got cancer. Helen and I are ministering to him, praying for him. We're believing. He says, just help me. I want to survive three years. I don't know why three years, but he's been given shorter than that. We're praying. We're ministering into his desire, the desire of his life. Come on, I believe we need breakthrough. I believe right now the mantle on this church is healing and I believe you've got to create 
avenues where God can start to move, where God can minister. Amen? Good. That's another. I was almost going to do a healing service today, but the Holy Spirit said no. Isaiah chapter 54, verses 1 to 3, is the scripture that Sam is, is in a way, positioned the, the uh, equipage churches throughout New Zealand to pick up. And the latter part of it just says, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. Us going to London. When I went, I thought I was going to grow a big church. I thought I was there to establish a church. The moment I got in London, another pastor, his name is Gary Clark, pastor of Hillsong London, came up to me and he said, Bruce, he said, yeah, I, I, I don't know what you have in your heart, but he said, the reason you are in London is to raise many sons. He was so accurate. Within seven years, the number of people who were released out of the London church, to me, even today, I honor God for. Because we honored what God had said. And then the ability to spread out into other nations. It's picking up the grace that God has and you do what God's got before you. I'll come back to that in a moment. But today I believe the Holy Spirit's wanting to enlarge you. How many are ready? Come on, how many are ready? Not very many. <laughs> I'll keep preaching. How many are ready? <laughs> I'll preach to you ready. <laughs> Amen? Come on, don't be boring. I was going to say boring old fart, but I, you're not meant to say that sort of thing in church, so I didn't say it. <laughs> but, but, but a lot of Christians are is, is, is calculated. We're only walking within what we can handle. But God wants you to get out of what you can handle. And I could take you on a journey of where God put Helen and I into so much discomfort. Helen's theme, if you've ever heard her speak, she says, children leave home, not parents. There was so much agony and pain for her to go to London, but she learned to obey God. She saw God in the season of it. And what God did in her life in that period of time was so powerful. Going to London, for me, enlarged me. It was God's means of stretching me. I remember money. I'd always let money contain me, control me. In London, God broke the power of money over my life. Money changed from containing me, controlling me, to becoming my servant. No longer will it ever master my life. God changed. He adjusted. He ripped something open within me. So now money is my servant. I remember a friend of mine, I'll just give you an example. Please hear these things right. Because if you hear them wrong, they could damage you. But my friend, his name's Graham Lee. My old mate, he's one year older than I am. I keep reminding him. He's the old man. But he came to me and he said, Bruce, God has spoken to me. He said, you must start to fly business class. If you don't, you won't survive what God's called you to do. I said, it's all right for you to say that. Have you ever priced a business class ticket? He said, I'm a prophet. I'm not a financier. <laughs> do you know I've flown in business class and Graham's been in an economy? Because he said, no, 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 God's spoken to you. 
for us to put that in place. Has anybody ever thought of the dynamic business class? Think about it. Are you married? Could you fly business class and never be an economy? <laughs> so business class was not just Bruce. <laughs> it was Helen too. It meant that we had to change the whole way we thought. I look at it uh, right up till COVID hit. I was flying to London four times a year. I was flying to Asia and back, India, uh, uh, to the Philippines. I'd fly to America. I was flying all in one year. I could have never, ever done. I'm not going to repeat that, just to let you know. I've now said, God, I am 73. <laughs> Calculate that. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> now, I'm sharing it. And the only way I could do it was money had to become a servant. Because if it was my master, I would think, how many men could I put into the ministry with that money? But it was more important to obey God so that you can accomplish what God's called you to do. That's just a, a, a thing to stretch your brain today. What is God saying to you? What are you prepared to lay down in your logic to embrace what God is saying in the spirit? Here's three things that I want to leave with you today that have helped me on that journey of breaking open, developing, trying not to limit God. I think I still do sometimes. But I believe God wants us to go back. Amen? The first one, and these are so normal. You're going to think, oh, come on, is that guy really saying that? The first one is praise. We don't need to have a reason we sing to praise him. I am an early riser, always have been, even as a kid. Uh, if you came to around my neighborhood, between 5 and 5.30 in the morning, this man will be out walking. The moment I leave the door and start my morning walk, I choose to praise him. I choose to lift him up in praise. I choose to glorify his name. I start my day with praise in my mouth. I don't feel like it, but I make a choice. I believe praise opens the door to God's presence. It opens the door to heaven. What we want in life, and I'm going to illustrate, is what we want is God to come to us. Amen? Good viewers have got here, right? You want God to come to us. We're always trying to pull God down into our world, right? This is what praise does. Sorry to stand in front of you. But praise takes us up to where God is. Praise is not trying to pull God down. Most people pray, God, come and help me. God says, no, 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 you come up to where I am. God is not your tailor. He does not come down and measure a garment that fits you where you are now. He's made his garment and he says, I want you to grow up into it. I want you to grow up into it. Grow into who I have called you to be. Grow up into what God has made for you. And that's what praise does. Praise is the ability to actually apprehend who God is. 
Amen? It's to apprehend how big he is. It's to apprehend what he wants to do. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Now, I, you are going to be amazed, Jono, I am actually one of the inspirations for one of the key songs in Equippers. It came from me. Amen? It's probably one that's lasted the longest. It comes from Psalm 34. And taken from the word of God, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually, help. what? His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul, so today, my soul shall make its boast. I am boasting in God. Amen? And it just says, the humble will hear. If you don't have a humble heart today, you will think, who's that guy up front? He's arrogant. Because only the humble can understand the boast of God. It says, the uh, my soul shall make its boast in the, the humble shall hear and be glad. And it just says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. It goes on. It's a powerful psalm. I said to my son, my youngest son, James, and Dan Zeltner, I said, I reckon you should write a song on Psalm 34 when we were in the London church. And they came back three months later with the song that we sing. I will extol Give up, Bruce. That's <laughs> where it came from. Praise is powerful. I was in master. I wanted to cut my testimonies. Ben, if you wouldn't mind just playing the keyboard if you want. I, I was a master in last year. And what I do, and this is a way I, I, I just love, I, I love the, the cocoon of my car. It's like a cocoon, you know, it's like a place. I get in it, and for some reason, it just becomes a prayer house. And so I can travel to Tauranga or wherever, and I just make it a place where I speak in tongues and pray and minister to God. And so in a way, it's a prayer bubble. It's a praise bubble. I praise. I just speak in tongues. I can't do it in a plane the same, but I do. I close my eyes, and under my breath, I just praise God. And so I, I, I got dropped off, uh, flew to um, Palmerston North and got in a car and traveled down to mastered in and I was praising God and ministering and preparing my heart for what God wanted to do and I preached on Sunday and when I leave I always give myself a little pleasure to let my mind think on some of the things I enjoy you know I've been over lockdown converting a camper van and, you know you've got to think about it and, you know. and the Holy Spirit said I don't want you to think on that. I want you to purposefully praise me. I know you're priest, but set this time aside. I want you to choose to praise me. And I sort of, in a way, little resistant. But then I thought, oh, okay, better to obey you than me, God. And right through, for the last two years, now I'm getting older, and I really struggle with pain in my hip, right down here. And I was really struggling. And because I have artificial knees, it started to affect my knees and the way I walked. And I didn't like it. I just said, oh man, I'm really feeling like an old man, you know. <laughs> and it wasn't healthy, it wasn't good. And so I praised God. 
I came to Payatua, and you can't go through the gorge anymore. You've got to go over there, go over the Payatua track, they call it, I think. And not far from Payatua, there's a dairy factory. Mastered him right up to that dairy factory. I was praising God and thanking him, ministering. I got to the Payatua milk factory. I know exactly where it is. And the Holy Spirit said to me, I've healed you. And do you know, immediately I was healed. I was healed. I, I, I won't say it was perfect, it was 90%. I reckon I'm now at 99%. Now and again, I get a little tingle when I say, You're not coming back. <laughs> I've been able to walk freely, I've been able to be without pain. I just immediately healed. Immediately. And it, but it came out of praise. <laughs> came out of obedience, it came out of choosing to lift them up, it came out of its old. And I believe that's our season. Come on, equip us, Christ Jesus. God wants to lead you. Healings don't just happen just because we pray. They happen because we obey. We do what God wants us to do. We choose to get a breakthrough. We choose to live in that realm. The second thing, so praise for me is vital. The second part is faith. Do not underestimate the power of faith. The Bible says, and there's many scriptures on faith, but I'm just giving you one. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God is not what you read. The Word of God here is what you hear. It's the rhema Word of God. It's not the logos Word of God. It's the rhema, it's what you hear. In testimony, when we were in London, 2007, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, you're finished pastoring, Bruce. It's time to leave London and go back to New Zealand. I want you to operate more in your apostolic gifting. And I, you know, you know what my first question was? My first question, I bet it probably would be yours too. Even though I thought I was delivered, do you know what it was? Where's my money coming from? If I resign from London, where's my money? And the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and says, haven't I proven faithful? Haven't I provided for you up to now? And you still ask that question rather than trusting me and letting me direct you? Do you know my testimony is and Helen's testimony? from 2007 right up to where we are now are the most prosperous years financially of our life. And yet in all that season, we have not had any direct source of income. It's been direct, it's consistent, coming from a whole lot of different little streams coming into our bank account. Helen went out and preached, I remember, her preaching and she got a gift. I've never got this gift in all my life. She got given $10,000 for the weekend preaching somewhere. I said, girl, you're out every weekend now. But I remember at the time looking, I saw that money come into our bank account. Man, I was praising God. And he's, the Holy Spirit said to me, look under it. It was $100. That $100 had been going into our bank account every month for the last 10 years. He said, how come you've never thanked me for that? I felt so rebuked. 
And that's where God honours those who trust Him. He honours those who move in faith and do what He requires. Amen. So the story was we left London and God blessed us. Thirdly, trust. We need to praise Him. Simple things. It's my testimony. We need to have faith in the next season. Whatever you're going through right now, come on, you need faith. You need a word from God. You need to hold on to it. You need direction. You need to persevere. You need to hold on to it. Right now, Helen and I have got a word of faith. We're holding on to it in a particular area in our life. We're holding on to it. Everything natural has worked against it, but we say, you spoke to us, God. We trust in you. Trust. My psalm is, I can give you testimony after testimony around this psalm. This is not just me pulling out a good psalm on trust from the Bible. I didn't look up a commentary. This is my psalm. Amen. This is my psalm. It's in me. It says Psalm 37. Trust in the Lord. Do good. Come on, trust Him. This is a word for people in this room. Do good. You're going through difficulty right now. Come on, do good. Don't focus on your difficulty. Come on, do good. Dwell in the land. Sometimes you're lifting yourself. You want to escape. No, no. Put your, put your roots down a little further. Dwell in the land. Feed on His faithfulness. God is faithful. That's one of the wonderful benefits of age. <laughs> so I can tell you God is so faithful. God is so faithful. Never, ever underestimate the power of God to fulfill what He has said. He is so faithful. He will do it. Not in your time. Delight yourself in the Lord. I love the fact that God has given me an amazing woman <laughs> in my life. We're going to the airport this morning puts her hand out and she just starts to pray. You might think, oh, you couple of old weirdos. <laughs> no, no. She holds my hand and she says, Father, I pray that you would bless Bruce today. And I pray for her because her, his faithfulness, our love, our delight in him has held us together. Two grandsons living with us. One's 23 and the other's 20 and they're delightful kids. But they hear their grandpa pray. They come into the room, they see him doing his devotion. They hear that little five foot and a half inch lady, no, pray. It's just natural. He shall give you the desires of your heart. I've got to finish. One more story. Helen and I, a couple of weeks ago, I, over lockdown, built a camper van. 
became a project and got bored. Helen says, you're bored. I said, okay, I'll do something. So I got bought a van and fitted it out. It's more work than I anticipated. I'm enjoying it. Got someone to do the finishing touches. I did the electrical. <laughs> Hasn't blown up yet. <laughs> but we decided we'd go down to Otaki where we uh, grew up because we had Helen's father's ashes and we wanted to bury them next to his wife and so we went down we had a project we stayed on the free camping we taking river mouth it's right on the river amazing shows some beautiful photos coming back you know that's when you're in this bubble, you know, <laughs> you got to really be careful what you say because you're locked in, just you and your wife. <laughs> Sometimes you can have some good arguments there. Anyone do that? <laughs> in the bubble of your vehicle? No, you wouldn't do that, would you? But, but she turned to me and she said, you know, you she, this is what she said at the beginning of the lesson. I'm just going to get the three. Happy New Year. Do you know if you really do well, this is what she said to me, if you really do well, you've only got 20 years left. <laughs> That'll make you 94. Oh, nice way to greet me. I said, well, what about you? You, in the same day. Then we're coming home, so just to take that context, she said, she said, you know, you've been a Christian, you've led churches, you've ministered. If you were to really identify where you're currently at spiritually, what would you say? And I said, I'm at the pinnacle of perfection. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't say that, could I? Because she knows me. <laughs> you can't say that to your wife, can you? You can't even say that to anyone who's living with you. Because they know your weakness. And I just said, you know, it's taken a long time. But I've never felt so contented as I do now. And I think it's because I trust them don't have to fight I don't have to defend I don't have to make something happen because I know he's faithful he's trustworthy if he says it he'll do it and I thought to myself you know that contentment is actually quite a wonderful place to be Christianity is not just it's not legalism, it's not rules. Christianity is, in its essence, is a relationship. Can I say to you, Christianity is not just a belief system. Christianity, in its essence, is a relationship with such an amazing God's love and God's presence is real. And 
And I want to say to younger people, you girls, enjoy life. Enjoy being young. Have an adventure. But never, ever undervalue the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to lead you, guide you, when you feel weak that's where God comes and makes you strong when you feel vulnerable that's where God comes and He lifts you up He's your, he's your friend He never leaves us as orphans He cares for us He's our healer He's our redeemer our friend. Never underestimate the person of Jesus Christ. His salvation. Never underestimate what He wants to do in and through your life. Don't underestimate it. If you feel you've failed Him, join the club. you up again. The steps of a good man or woman are ordered by the Lord. Even though he fall, he shall not be cast down. But the Lord upholds him with his hand. And today, I, I just want to speak his blessing over your life. In a moment, I'm going to pray an old prayer. And I believe when I pray it, something supernatural is going to be released in now I just pray for every single person just touch people touch people right now in the name of Jesus just touch people because I don't know what it means but I believe as I lay hands on you this morning you're being healed in Jesus name just receive it and pray for this wonderful woman come let the power of your Holy Spirit just touch their lives season ahead, I believe, is going to be challenging. But God, being in, in the midst of your challenges, declare who God is. Don't let the challenges determine God. Amen. Get it in your spirit. Get it in your spirit. Get it in your spirit. God doesn't change. Your circumstances are only to build your capacity and to make you strong. Because there's something that God is taking you into that's bigger than you have seen. And you're not ready for it yet, but He's getting you ready. And so the challenges are to build that enlargement, to build that capacity. And right now I just release God's anointing in Jesus' name. How many want to go bigger? You want to go bigger? Yeah, my testament, I believe it's quite true biblically. It comes with just simply hearing and obeying and seeing that God has got something for you to do that's far bigger than you. But yet you'll testify of God's goodness, His bigness. Holy Spirit just prompted me. I'm going to give just another short testimony. 
mention I travelled after that word in 2007. I travelled. One guy gave me a prophecy. He said, you'll go from nation to nation. He said, when you land in a nation and you put your foot in the ground, you will leave a footprint. And he said, someone from that nation will come and stand in that footprint and do what you see, but it will be far beyond what you could ever understand or comprehend. That's why even now I will still travel. I want to go to different nations where we're not present because if I can put my footprint there prophetically, God's going to raise up a man or a woman and they're going to do something that goes way beyond what I could comprehend or understand or see. Some people say, do you enjoy flying? Do you enjoy trip? No, not really. I'm a homeboy, but I have a prophetic word. <laughs> Just put your foot somewhere. Just put your foot. Another foot, another nation, another church, another group of people. And I want you to identify what God has put in your heart today. It's not my, what God's put in me, but God's put something in you. And I want you to stand. I want you just to close your eyes. Can I say don't limit it? I just release His anointing upon you right now in Jesus' name. God's going to help you. You're going to have a testimony of God's grace. In Jesus' name. You might like to just pray this prayer with me. Jesus, today I position myself before you. And I pray I won't limit you. You have permission to do in me and to work through me what you have seen from the creation of the earth. I want to be the person you created me to be. I will never let the devil triumph or rob me of who you have created me to be. From this time on, I received the challenge to grow up and go big in Jesus' name. And with your hands lifted, I, I just invite you. I want you, I know when I pray this, God, God moves. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord just cause His face to shine upon you. May He be gracious towards you. May He lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.